The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Start! You can call me Bruce. Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. It is the final episode of the Bruce Exclusive before the 2021 NFL Draft. It's the Christmas Eve episode, if you will, because... I view the day leading up to the draft as being Christmas Eve because draft day is not the same as Christmas Day because you don't get a chance to open your presents right away. You have to wait until the end of the day. So it's almost like it's two separate entities. It's a whole thing. The metaphor is a little foggy, but I'm working on it. And today we are going to go through Bruce Nolan's final 32-team, seven-round, 259-pick mock draft. No, we are not going to go through every single one of the 259 picks in the draft. We are going to go through all 32 of the ones in the first round and all of the remaining picks for your Buffalo Bills. So let's do it. Let's dive in. A reminder, this mock is intended to be predictive, which means I'm trying to get things right. I'll still get the vast majority of the picks wrong because that's the way mock drafts work. But we're going to go through it anyway because it's a fun exercise. Number one, Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. No shocker here. I don't really think we need to go into it. It would be one of the most significant surprises in recent memory if he was not picked number one. Number two, New York Jets, Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. Again, I don't think anybody's shocked by this. I think that if Justin Fields or Trey Lance here, I think we'd all be a little bit surprised, but it looks like it's Zach Wilson, BYU quarterback. San Francisco 49ers, number three overall. Trey Lance, 
quarterback, North Dakota State, the popular wisdom is this is Mac Jones from Alabama. I will believe it's Mac Jones from Alabama after I hear the commissioner read it from the card. And even after that happens, I probably still won't believe it. That's just the way I feel about this. I I cannot possibly fathom the 49ers getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo because they really want Mac Jones. I just, I can't fathom that. I'm not saying Mac Jones is a bad prospect. I'm saying that Kyle Shanahan watching himself get obliterated by Josh Allen on national television last year shouldn't have inspired him that he needs to go out and get himself a Mac Jones. So for me, I'm sticking with my guns. I'm saying Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. As a reminder, this can be found on buffalorumblings.com, and you can follow along with me if you're not doing so already. Number four, Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts, tight end Florida. Could be another quarterback. This could be Justin Fields. But given the fact that Kyle Pitts is a pretty rare talent at the position, and you have a brand new head coach who thinks he could potentially come in and win right now. The Atlanta Falcons lost a lot of games last year by one score. That's a team that could turn around quickly. And if you have the piece to help boost you in that direction, you could get back to contention pretty quick. So I think I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. I wouldn't be shocked if it's a quarterback though. Cincinnati Bengals, number five overall, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. The Bengals have a decent wide receiver core. What they don't have is an athlete like Jamar Chase. Do I think they should take an offensive tackle here? Would I take Penny Sewell? Probably. That's what I would probably do. I'd probably take Penny Sewell. But that's not what I think the Bengals are going to do. I think reuniting him with Joe Burrow is going to be something that appeals to them. I think that a lot of teams, Cincinnati included, are going to look at what happened with the Buffalo Bills and Stephon Diggs, and they're going to think, look what Josh Allen did when you gave him that type of weapon like Stephon Diggs. I think a lot of teams are going to take what happened to Josh Allen out of context this offseason. And I think that could lead to Trey Lance getting drafted higher than he potentially should. It could lead to toolsy quarterbacks like Kellen Mond maybe taken earlier than they should. And I think it's going to lead them to believe that if they just get their quarterback a dynamic weapon, that they can too take the jump that Josh Allen did. I'm not saying that they should think that. I'm saying that in a copycat league, they may think that. So I have the Bengals, number five, Jamar Chase. Miami Dolphins, number six, Jalen Waddell, wide receiver, Alabama. I think that much like the Jamar Chase pair with Joe Burrow, Jalen Waddell pairing with Tua gives him an opportunity to succeed. And I think that one of the ways you can isolate the variable, which is one of the things we've been talking about a lot on this podcast as it relates to Josh Allen, one of the ways you can isolate the variable is by making sure that your quarterback has weapons. And so I think the Miami Dolphins going to go for an explosive big play receiver who not only separates vertically, but also can do great things with the ball in his hands. There has been a trade. The New England Patriots traded up to number seven overall. They receive the seventh pick overall in the first round. Detroit receives the 15th pick in the first round, the 77th pick, which is in the third round, 
and a 2022 second round pick. And with that pick, the New England Patriots select quarterback Justin Fields, Ohio State. I don't see why Bill Belichick wouldn't be aggressive this offseason. When you have a team who's not used to picking in the top half of the NFL draft, like the Patriots are this year, and you go out and spend the kind of money that they spent in free agency, I don't think you really want to hitch your wagon for the next two or three years to Justin Fields. I think Bill Belichick wants one more crack at this to prove it wasn't just Brady. And to do that, he needs a trigger man who's more qualified and more competent than the 2021 version of Cam Newton. So I think he trades up here, gets Justin Fields, gets his guy. With the eighth pick, the Carolina Panthers select Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, Northwestern. You might say, why not Penny Sewell? Penny Sewell's got a weird reputation around the NFL. I don't think the NFL likes him as much as draft Twitter does, which is crazy to me because I, I think Penny Sewell's a great prospect, but the Panthers have had offensive tackle issues since 2011. They need to get it right. So they stand pat where they are. They take Rashawn Slater. The only other spot where I can see potentially Penny Sewell going is a possibility where like the Eagles trade up to like seven with the Lions and then the Panthers trade back with the Patriots. And that's how that happens. With the ninth pick, there has been another trade. The Arizona Cardinals trade up, receive the ninth pick in the first round and the 239th pick, which is a seventh round pick. Denver receives the 16th pick in the NFL draft, a 2022 second and a 2022 fourth. And they take Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Are you noticing a trend here? These teams with young quarterbacks, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Cardinals, they want to invest in weapons because they see what happens with Josh Allen and the Bills when you get your young quarterback appropriate weapons and they are going all in to make sure that their quarterback can too be an MVP candidate. And that's what the Arizona Cardinals do here. Arizona has gone all in this offseason, signing J.J. Watt, signing A.J. Green, making moves that indicate it's time for them to take off. This is another example of that aggressiveness. With the 10th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys select J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. I think Patrick Sertan is a better prospect. I do think Jerry Jones is going to love J.C. Horn. Now, I don't know how honest Jerry Jones is being. I don't know how honest he is when he says they want to run a lot more man coverage because Dan Quinn might not want to do that. That's not typically the Dan Quinn MO for the Dallas Cowboys. However, there's a question for me as to whether or not this could be quitty pay. Because I do think that Jerry Jones is going to value pass rush over coverage. But the elite physical traits that J.C. Horn gives him, I think it's going to be too much for him. With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Penny Sewell, offensive tackle, Oregon. There is no way that someone like Dave Gettleman can pass on Penny Sewell. He loves him some hog mollies. Can't even do enough. I had this earmarked as being a receiver 
all the way up even after the New York Giants signed former Detroit Lions wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. But then Penny Sewell fell. And I was like, I mean, come on. He's going to love him, right? Again, you sign weapons, you get protection. They're ready for Daniel Jones to take the next step. We don't know if he's going to, but these teams who have these young quarterbacks in the top half of the draft, they're making moves to support that quarterback. Because they've also seen what happens with people like Sam Darnold. I think one of the messages of the 2020 NFL season was how do you properly develop a quarterback? And it was the tale of two franchises, the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. With the New York Jets, everybody pretty much acknowledges that the Jets didn't do a good job of supporting Sam Darnold. And everybody acknowledges that the Buffalo Bills did an incredibly competent job of supporting Josh Allen. I think you're going to see that trend in the draft this year. With the 12th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback, Alabama. My favorite corner in this draft. I think the Eagles are thrilled to have him here. They need help in a lot of different places. But I'm not entirely sure if they're sold on Jalen Hurst. So you might ask me, Bruce, why aren't the Eagles doing the same thing that the Giants and the Cardinals are doing? The same thing that the Dolphins are doing and the Bengals are doing? And the answer to that question is, I don't know if the Eagles are sold on Jalen Hurst, which means they might not have the same mindset of we got to do whatever we can to get Jalen Hurst the best possible supporting cast ever. That's not something that I think might be in the forefront of their minds. Probably not. Now, they still need targets, and I still think they're going to get those things. But in this case, Patrick Sertan was too good of a deal for them to pass up in the name of going all in to support a quarterback that I'm not entirely sure they're sold on. There has been a trade. Chicago has traded up to the 13th pick in the NFL draft. The Chargers traded back and received the 20th pick in the first round, the 83rd pick, which is a third rounder, and a 2022 third round pick. So one, a two, and a three. And with that pick, the Chicago Bears have taken Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. What do desperate franchises do? They trade up. They give up future assets to try to do something to inspire their bosses to not fire them. One of the ways you can do that is to give your franchise hope. What gives your franchise hope? A shiny new quarterback. I would be shocked if the Bears didn't make a move for a quarterback because I think that if Andy Dalton takes them to a 7-9 record this year, they're all getting fired. But if Andy Dalton takes them to a 4-6 and six record and is then replaced by Mac Jones who comes in and wins a game or two and shows some semblance of promise, they might get to keep their jobs. That's why I project the Bears trading up for a falling Mac Jones. With a 14th overall pick in the NFL draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Quiddy Pay, edge rusher, Michigan. I think that there's a very reasonable chance that the Danielle Hunter scenario contributes to this for Minnesota. But even if it doesn't, getting an extra edge rusher would really help 
especially after the Vikings went and drafted a corner early last year. With the 15th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Christian Derrishaw, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. I do think that when you have a head coach come in and say that he wants to bite kneecaps off, that has a tendency to make sure that an offensive tackle is going to be your first pick or an offensive lineman. Now, in this case, they traded down and picked up some more assets, which is something that somebody in the first year of a rebuild, in the first year of regime, you may be more inclined to trade down to pick up more assets if you're not going to pick a quarterback, which I don't think the Lions are going to do. I think Shaw is probably that cutoff for a lot of people when it comes to left tackles in this class, and I think Detroit needs one pretty bad. With the 16th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Denver Broncos select Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State. It's hard to fit Parsons into this particular class. I don't know where he's going to go because the -the on-the-field stuff's good, but there are lots of questions swirling around Micah Parsons. I do think that the Broncos could use a linebacker more than most, and they probably wouldn't feel comfortable taking Parsons at nine, but trading down and getting him at 16, I think that matches the value correctly. And with the Denver Broncos acquisition of Teddy Bridgewater, they might not necessarily feel like they want the quarterback who would be there at nine. And in this case, the quarterback who was there at nine was Mac Jones. So they go with Parsons, the athletic, rangy linebacker from Penn State. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish the back half of the first round. The rest of the Bills picks, let's do it. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We did the first 16 picks in the NFL draft. Recap, Jaguars, one, Trevor Lawrence, Jets, two, Zach Wilson, 49ers, three, Trey Lance, Falcons, four, Kyle Pitts, Bengals, five, Jamar Chase, Dolphins, six, Jalen Waddell. Seven, the New England Patriots traded up and took Justin Fields. Eight, Carolina Panthers, Rashawn Slater. Ninth, the Cardinals traded up, took Devonta Smith. Tenth, Dallas Cowboys, J.C. Horn. New York Giants, 11th, Penne Sewell. Twelfth, Philadelphia Eagles, Patrick Sertan. Thirteenth, the Bears traded up and took Mac Jones. 
The 14th, the Vikings, Pay. 15th, Lions took Christian Derisaw. And 16th, the Broncos took Micah Parsons. And with the 17th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders selected Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle, Oklahoma State. Bruce, why would the Raiders get rid of a stud right tackle just to replace him with a right tackle? I don't know. Why do the Raiders do anything the Raiders do? I don't know why they did anything that they did on the offensive line. But I know Mike Mayock and John Gruden would love Tevin Jenkins. That much I know. Do I think this pick should be on defense? Yes, absolutely. I think this pick should be on defense. But that's not necessarily what I think they will do. What I think they will do is fall in love with a mauling right tackle prospect who plays like the person across from him just insulted his mother. With the 18th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker, Notre Dame. I think that Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa could be to the Dolphins what they tried to force Minka Fitzpatrick to be which is that versatile sub-package defender when Fitzpatrick actually fits a lot better in the Steelers' defense. I think those versatile players can fit really well in that Flores-Belichickian sort of defense, and that's what I think Miami would really, really do well with. With the 19th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Washington football team selects Jameen Davis, linebacker, Kentucky. You may be shocked by this. But Ron Rivera has seen really good linebacker play heavily influence a franchise before when he was with the Carolina Panthers. And the Washington football team is making a defensive change this year to a 4-3 defense to maximize the elite defensive front that they have. What better way to make sure a player like Jameen Davis is protected than to make sure in front of him you have four good down linemen, which they've already got which will help him grow and help him come in and make an impact in a way that the Buffalo Bills are kind of looking for right now. They need to make sure that their linemen can keep people off of Tremaine Edmonds. That's not something that after the investments that the Buffalo Bills did in the defensive line, they really got last year. So we'll get to that later. But Jameen Davis, linebacker, Kentucky, Washington football team, 19th overall. With the 20th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Chargers select Elijah Vera Tucker, interior offensive lineman, USC. The best thing the Chargers have done this offseason was invest in their offensive line. They have a different scenario than what other teams have. They don't need the weapons necessarily. It wouldn't hurt them. More weapons are better than less weapons. However, they need to make sure that offensive line holds up. And I think this is their peak. And after trading down and still being able to pick up Elijah Vera Tucker, I think much like the Broncos, they're sitting pretty, they feel pretty good. With the 21st pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Liam Eichenberg, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. I see a lot of Anthony Costanzo in Liam Eichenberg. Just somebody who's technically sound, almost boringly so, shorter arms, but good positioning, mirrors well in pass protection. I think that Indianapolis is like, listen, we don't want to have happen to Carson Wentz what happened to him in Philadelphia. Let's make sure he's well protected. I wanted to trade down here, to be honest. That's what I wanted to have happen. And I looked for a trade down and I couldn't get one. The only teams that were looking behind me that I thought might want to trade up 
Buffalo, New Orleans. I just didn't see one that I loved because, okay, what are they trading up? Who are they trading up for? What are they trading up in front of? I looked for a trade back. The first thing I did, because I'm Chris Ballard in this scenario, the GM of the Colts, the first thing I did was look for a trade down. And I just couldn't find a piece that really fit. So I wouldn't be shocked if they found one and traded down. But in this case, they stood pat and they took Liam Eikenberg. With the 22nd overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Ole Miss. The Titans currently have A.J. Brown and basically nobody behind them. Josh Reynolds came over, but I don't think you can really count on that. Given the fact that this offense essentially runs through those in-breaking routes off play action for Ryan Tannehill, I think you need somebody who can separate the way Elijah Moore can. He's not similar to Corey Davis by any means, but I think he can still be effective and give you both that kind of thing and also what you were hoping you would get from Adam Humphreys, who you ended up having to get rid of in Tennessee. With the 23rd overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Jalen Phillips, edge rusher, Miami. Phillips is a hard player to place. A really hard player to place. Mostly because you don't know how teams are going to view the concussions and how they're going to view the voluntary walk away from football. However, you don't get physical players like Jalen Phillips at 23 every year. And if you have an opportunity the way the Jets do to make an impact on both sides of your ball by getting a franchise rusher and a franchise quarterback in the same draft, When I say rusher, I mean pass rusher, not running back. Then you go ahead and do it. And so this is just an opportunistic pick by someone who has plenty of leeway. When you start to look at risky picks, one of the things I calculate is who can afford to take the risk. The other thing you look at is who can't afford to not take a risk. We mentioned that earlier with the Bears. You have to take a risk. You might get fired. With the Jets, you can afford to take a risk. You just got hired. As a head coach, I understand that the GM has been there. However, this is essentially a new regime for the New York Jets. And because of that, you can take a swing on somebody who could be an amazing edge rusher. With the 24th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Steelers select Alex Leatherwood, offensive lineman, Alabama. Fits the archetype. Leatherwood is athletic and versatile. And the Steelers need to make sure that they can plug in something immediately because they're going on one last hurrah with Ben Roethlisberger. And it fits for the Steelers. They like taking physical freaks and they like versatile players. I think it works. With the 25th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Rondale Moore, wide receiver Purdue. Urban Meyer got Rondale Moore up close and personal. Back when Rondale Moore lit Urban Meyer up like a Christmas tree. And the Buckeyes suffered against Rondale Moore. I think that having a versatile weapon who can hand the ball to and also can create things for you in the short area, I think that that's something that Urban Meyer is going to want to try and replicate. I don't see Urban Meyer coming to the NFL and totally changing everything he's ever done as far as offensive system that we saw in college. I understand Scott Linehan is the offensive coordinator, but I don't think you're going to see Scott Linehan offense. You're going to see Urban Meyer offense that is assisted by Scott Linehan. And Rondale Moore absolutely fits. You think of players like Curtis Samuel, 
who Meyer had at Ohio State. And you think, okay, that's a player who you can get that type of effect with a player like Rondale Moore. There has been a trade. Buffalo has traded up to the 26th pick in the NFL draft. In exchange, the Cleveland Browns get the 30th overall pick, a sixth rounder this year, 213, and a 2022 fourth round pick. And with the 26th overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Jason Owe, edge rusher, Penn State. Let me read to you what I put on the buffalorumblings.com article about Jason Owe and this particular pick. The Cleveland Browns have an analytically focused front office, which means they very well may have a small trade down on their mind to pick up multiple picks. I have a hard time believing the Bills wouldn't love Owe, given Brandon Bean's tendency to draft athletic freaks early, Tremaine Edmonds, Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, and trust his coaches to develop them properly. Brandon Bean said that explosion off the ball was a priority trait when evaluating pass rushers and also that he was thinking more long-term than short-term with the original first-round pick number 30. Jason Owe checks both those boxes. The Bills' general manager doesn't want to give up valuable capital on day two that could turn into meaningful players for his team, but once Owe slips into a range where a trade-up can be done using only day three picks, that's when Bean makes his move. He does it to get up in front of both the Ravens and the Packers, who both could be in play for Jason Owe. Aziz Ojolari would have been a great fit here, but concerns about his knee have cropped up in the last week, and Bean may not be sure about the medical. The Super Bowl and Kansas City's investment in the offensive line this offseason make the Bills not want to face the Chiefs again with the same defensive line. So that blurb pretty much encapsulates my view on Jason Owe and the Buffalo Bills. Overall, I would be okay with it. I wouldn't be thrilled. I would like to see somebody who's a little more polished in the first round and someone I think can come in and make an immediate impact in a lot bigger of a way. However, I understand. I get it. I love Aziz Ojolari, but lacking medical is going to be a problem. And Brandon Bean has alluded to not being pleased with the medical information that he's had thus far. Do you think that somebody who thinks he's in a Super Bowl window is going to take somebody who he doesn't have complete medical for at this point? I have a hard time seeing that. A lot of you might say, Owe didn't have any sacks last year. Yes, that's true. Owe did not have any sacks this year. However, he did get a really good amount of pressures and he didn't play a full season because the Big Ten year was shortened. And I do think that that's important. For those of you who think Jason Owe is Aaron Mabin, please don't do that. I beg of you not to do that. He's nothing like Aaron Mabin. The body compositions are completely different. The traits are completely different. The way in which they win is completely different. He's also an extremely good run defender. And Aaron Mabin was not that at all. They are very, very different players. And unique athletic specimens, which is what Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, and Tremaine Edmonds are. The thing that would bother me a little bit if I was a Buffalo Bills fan and this happened is that they traded up and they passed on Greg Newsom, who I love in this draft. He's not quite as long as you would probably like to see in a zone-based system. However, he's got crazy smooth hips 
And I think he's a great addition to this secondary. But I think that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are team pass rush over team coverage. And so if they have a crack at a player they think can be an elite pass rusher, and mind you, Brandon Bean openly said thinking more to the future than to the present with this pick. When you get an edge rusher who's a freak to sit behind two players who are in their 30s and in the last year of their contract, that kind of fits the bill. So for me, this seems like something the Bills could reasonably do. And that was the entire purpose of the exercise, is just to try to outline things that I want them to do. We've already established a lot of times the things that I want them to do. It's to try to establish things that I think can reasonably happen. With the 27th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Zaven Collins, linebacker Tulsa. The Bills jumped up in front of him and got away. I think that versatility that you get from Zaven Collins to be able to play stand-up linebacker and also potentially rush from the edge a little bit, I think that's something that the Ravens would value given the fact that they lost both Yannick Ngakwe and Matt Judon. I think it's one of the reasons why the Bills felt the need to trade up in front of them to get Jason Owe. With the 28th overall pick, the New Orleans Saints select Greg Newsom, cornerback, Northwestern. They're sitting pretty. I think there's a possibility they might have traded up. We mentioned that earlier. When I was looking for a trade partner with the Indianapolis Colts, my first thought was the Saints maybe, and I just couldn't find something I really liked there. But I think that the Saints have a very significant need at corner, and I think Greg Newsom is a dream to fall to them at 28. With the 29th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Joe Tryon, Edge, Washington. I think that Joe Tryon's stock has been kind of being more revealed to the NFL media and the general public over the last couple of weeks. I don't think he was someone who was being talked about as a fringe first rounder early on in the process. But in that system that the Packers run, which already has Zadarius Smith, gets a prospect who I actually compared to Zadarius Smith. So I think that's a good fit for them. With the 30th overall pick, In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Caleb Farley, cornerback, Virginia Tech. There are very real concerns that Farley might fall out of the first round. I have him falling to 30. I might not have had him falling far enough. Why does he stop at 30 in my mindset here? If somebody is going to take Caleb Farley in the first round with all the questions swirling about the back I feel like it would be a team who thinks that injuries are more random than a function of injury proneness. And analytic teams are the ones who would think that, like the Cleveland Browns. There's a possibility Farley doesn't even go in the first round. There might be teams out there who think he needs to get another surgery right now. And because of that, they're not going to take him. But if you don't think that injuries are a result of injury proneness and you think that they're just random events, then perhaps you might be willing to take him earlier than some teams. And the Browns are that team in this example. The Bills, not this team in this example. With the 31st pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota. They're just going to keep swinging on wide receivers until they get it right. Different types of wide receivers have come through the door in Baltimore. Hollywood Brown 
came through the door in Baltimore. Miles Boykin came through the door. Could not possibly be different. They keep taking swings. Sammy Watkins is there now, but you can't count on him. You got to keep taking swings at this until you get it right. And the Baltimore Ravens just got another crack at getting it right because they made the trade with the Chiefs and sent their tackle away. And now they're getting a tackle back. So I don't think you have to take a tackle because you're having a tackle come back in Ronnie Stanley from injury. So it's not like you're missing out on a left tackle and you might want to take a right tackle. But in this case, you got to get this right. And so they take Rashad Bateman, wide receiver, Minnesota, who I think would do well in a play-action offense with a lot of physical over-the-middle throws that have historically gone to tight ends in that offense. I think it's as good of a shot as any as making sure you can get a wide receiver to make a significant impact. With the 32nd overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Kadarius Toney, wide receiver, Florida. This is somebody I would love for the Buffalo Bills to get. But when you're a Super Bowl champion, you can do things like this. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are loaded at wide receiver. But as long as they think their window is open for Tom Brady, they're probably going to keep loading up. And Antonio Brown signed back on a one-year contract. You have two players behind Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown already. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have never been a team who particularly cared about that. They're just going to keep going. When Antonio Brown became available, they didn't think to themselves, we've already got Godwin and Mike Evans. Let's just pass on him. They said, no, we want more. And that's what I'm getting here with Kadarius Tony. In addition, I think he can help you in the backfield, which is something that the Buccaneers are going to be happy about, even though they acquired former Cincinnati Bengal Giovanni Bernard. That's the first 32, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we flash forward to pick number 61. If you want to go through all 259 picks, reminder, you can find this at buffalorumblings.com. The name of the article is Full 7 Round 2021 Mock Draft. Bruce makes 259 picks. The subtitle is I'm Tired Already, and it's just the subtitle because I was tired already. But with the 61st pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Tyson Campbell, cornerback, Georgia. I will again read you my entry. Brandon Bean takes another swing on traits with a bulldog, trusting his coaches to help the development along as he did with Tremaine Edmonds, Josh Allen, and Al Oliver. The second outside cornerback position can be manned by incumbent Levi Wallace and 2020 seventh round pick Dane Jackson until Campbell shows he can be trusted to execute in a scheme that should allow his athleticism to shine. While Campbell's ball skills and polish have been questioned. He possesses the closing speed and smooth hips necessary to develop into a multifaceted cornerback in the NFL. This is another on-brand pick for the Buffalo Bills, taking a swing on traits early. I think one of the things that's interesting about Tyson Campbell is that I think early in the process, the gap between him and Eric Stokes seemed to be really big. And the more people dug in, the more they liked Campbell. And I don't think the gap is crazy large between the two of them. So for me, Tyson Campbell is somebody who didn't have great agility numbers at his pro day. However, great athleticism, great explosiveness. And I think that the ball skills can be adjusted with different coaching in regards to when to get your 
eyes around to the ball. I think that can help. Being able to turn and run is a valuable thing. It's not like he can't play in zone. You know, click and close is still a big part of playing in zone. You still have to be an athlete. One of the things I've been pounding the table about the last couple of years is when you find a corner who's not athletic and you go, oh, it's okay, just stick him in zone. You still have to be athletic. Tyson Campbell still does that. He doesn't force you to play man. He just lets you play man. And that's what I've been arguing about this entire offseason. I'm not saying I want a corner who forces you to play man. I'm saying I want a cornerback who lets you play man. More options are better than less options. And Tyson Campbell, if developed by this coaching staff, gives you more options. With the 93rd overall pick in the NFL draft in the third round, the Buffalo Bills select Aleem McNeil, interior defensive lineman, North Carolina State. Here's the blurb from the Buffalo Rumblings article. Buffalo was forced to play both 2019 first-round pick Ed Oliver and the since-released Quentin Jefferson at one-tech defensive tackle far more than they likely would have preferred in 2020. Although longtime McDermott starter Star Latule is expected back after taking advantage of the COVID-19 opt-out last season, there's no way of guaranteeing his efficacy after a year off. Additionally, previous third-round pick Harrison Phillips hasn't panned out to the point where he can be trusted as a full-time starter in the event there's a lack of production in front of him on the depth chart. 2020 free agent signing Vernon Butler was disappointing and had a contract restructure after his first year with the Bills. Bean would probably like to address this need later in the draft, but with no fourth-round pick, he pulls the trigger before the long wait he may endure and makes sure the right player is in the right position this year on his defensive line. McNeil is roughly the same size as Star Latule was coming out of Utah and is a better athlete with some pass rush potential. His relative newness to the position combined with strong showings of power make this a pick that can help the Bills right now and in the future. I know that everyone's favorite is Tyler Shelvin. I prefer Aleem McNeil. Aside from the arm length, I actually really like Aleem McNeil a lot. I think you need to be either explosive or long, preferably both, never neither. And I do think there's some quickness to Aleem McNeil that gives him a little bit of pass rush utility. He's not just a plugger, but he's very strong. And because, again, he's very new to the position, there is that magic word, upside. All three of these picks are people who are very likely not at their ceiling or probably close to it. That's a trend when it comes to Brandon Bean. I think that trend probably continues here. With the 161st pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Joshua Bledsoe, safety, Missouri. The Bills' loss of Sean McDermott staple Dean Marlowe opened a roster spot at number three safety, and while former sixth-round pick Jaquan Johnson is present on the roster, reinforcements at an important position to the defense are necessary. Bledsoe can fill the Dean Marlowe role in man coverage against offensive slot weapons while he learns the nuances of playing deep safety with a stronger athletic profile than Jaquan Johnson provides. There's untapped potential in Bledsoe, given his tools relative to the role he played at Missouri, and that upside, paired with a coaching staff known for their ability to maximize secondary personnel, creates great value on day three. You want a big nickel? You got a big nickel. Joshua Bledsoe, 
after the big nickel conversation kind of died down a little bit after Brandon Bean confirmed it's not a position, it's a role. They're still a linebacker or they're still a safety or they're still a corner. It's just a specific role that they happen to play, which is something we've been talking about for a couple of years now. If you want someone who can do it and come in in three safety sets, Joshua Bledsoe gives you that ability. In addition, I do feel this investment is good relative to that role. I think unless you're getting someone who is absolutely dynamic, like a Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, then a late day two or potentially early day three pick seems appropriate for that particular role. If it's Hamza Nasser Dean in the third, if it's Joshua Bledsoe here in the fifth, that's perfectly reasonable expenditure from a value proposition for the role they're going to be filling. I think that Bledsoe's got tools, and I think he was used kind of weird at Missouri to the point where I think there's a starting safety somewhere inside that. And again, this is the fourth pick in a row now where the Bills have picked someone who I think there's upside there. I think there's something untapped in there based on the way that Missouri used him relative to the tools that he's got. With the 174th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Jack Anderson, interior offensive line, Texas Tech. Despite the re-signing of guard John Feliciano and the restructure of center Mitch Morse, interior offensive line remains a need not just in the present, but also in the future. With former second-round pick Cody Ford tentatively scheduled to slot in at left guard, the starting lineup may be set, but Ford has yet to show consistency, and the concussion history of Mitch Morse has to be taken into account when planning for the future. Anderson plays the game with an energy and aggression that would make him a McDermott favorite, and he's coming from Texas Tech's fast pace and pass-heavy scheme. He's gotten a lot of reps in protection. There are concerns that his athleticism might be maxed out, but flaws in his technique give him some upside with professional coaching. Basically, I think he can, he just hasn't. That's the best way to describe Jack Anderson. I think he can have better technique. I think he can have better hand placement. I think he can have better balance. But the technical flaws mean he hasn't yet. And that's the kind of player you want to take in the fifth round. You want to take someone who you think can, but hasn't. Because you think to yourself, you get him in my building with my coaches, we're going to get somebody who can and then does. With the 236th pick in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select Wap Fillier, wide receiver, Indiana. I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about Wap Fillier before. And there's a reason for that. He's a seventh round slash undrafted free agent sort of prospect. A large portion of the Buffalo offense is made possible by the presence of slot receiver Cole Beasley. The quickness and separation ability of the reliable weapon allows presentation to quarterback Josh Allen in the short and intermediate areas of the field. But Beasley's 32 years old and coming off a broken leg. And backup slot receiver Isaiah McKenzie is on a one-year contract. Investing in that position using a rookie on a four-year deal would be wise, and Fillier fits the bill. He consistently produced against Big Ten competition as part of a competitive Indiana team in 2020, reeling in 54 balls in only eight games due to the COVID-shortened conference schedule. Now, a large portion of his receptions came on bubble screens as part of package plays, and his athletic profile doesn't really overly impress. 
but he does also offer kick and punt return ability, as well as a really significant competitive fight as a blocker. As a developmental slot receiver, the investment is right at the end of the draft. This is the time when you take players like this. Cole Beasley was undrafted. This is the type of pick that you invest in this type of player. Someone who you think can come in and offer you a utility as a returner and can compete in that spot with Isaiah McKenzie and can develop behind Cole Beasley as potentially a slot receiver. If Isaiah McKenzie doesn't take a step forward or if you're priced out of the market for him next year because he's on a one-year deal, then you have somebody waiting in the wings if Beasley starts to decline. In addition, last year's sixth-round pick, Isaiah Hodgins, is a big slot player. He's not Cole Beasley. It's not a one-for-one transition. I think that he's a specialist when it comes to big slot players. I've mentioned David Nelson as a comparison for him multiple times because Bills fans recognize David Nelson and what he was able to do. So it's not a one-to-one replacement. You can't say, okay, well, Cole Beasley's falling off, but that's okay because we have Isaiah Hodgins. They're not the same player. They don't do the same thing. So that's it. Gentlemen, ladies, anybody listening, we did it. We picked all of the Bills picks. In fact, we picked 259 picks. We just went over the first round and all the picks that the Bills made. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're able to listen to this before Thursday night, the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. I will be back with you tomorrow discussing what the Bills did on Thursday, whether they traded up, whether they traded back, whether they made a pick. We're going to talk about it. But until next time, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumble.